0: from the crossroads of fandom. This is Northwest Nerd, bringing you news, entertainment, and the stories that make us nerds. I'm pop culture journalist, Dyer Oxley, back with another rerun episode of a spooky tale that we have brought to you in the past here at Northwest Nerd. We are pulling out all our Halloween specials from the Northwest Nerd archives. And uh, yeah, we're gonna spend some time looking into some of the creepy and the scary and the... Eerie. I'm trying to think of any more E adjectives I can do. But anyway, we are gonna tell some ghost stories here. In this case, I was on a bit of a road trip down in Oregon, and I had been aware of the Grand Lodge out in Forest Grove, just outside of Portland, and I knew that they kept a ghost log there, and they they have it right there at the front desk. You can go to the Grand Lodge out in Forest Grove, maybe go have a beer, have some lunch dinner, or so uh, they got a great restaurant there, and, and, and read through their ghost log, which is what I did. I not only booked a room there, stayed the night, they uh, knew what I was doing, and uh, as, as I am sitting down at the bar one night alone, reading through this ghost log, I, I, I kept noticing the fact that a lot of the rooms that people had been writing about at this hotel, I, I was in that room. And uh, particularly, there was a, a young girl who kept being spotted in that room. And now I'm pretty skeptical. I'm not. I'm not a big believer in ghosts. I've said that in the past. But I got to say, after reading through a whole ghost log and then going spend the night in her, I got. I didn't go to sleep as quickly as I probably normally would. I will admit that. Anyway, I I took notes on it. I uh, took some copies of, of the stories there. And when I got back uh, to the studio and uh, was kind of going through interviews I did, I thought it would be kind of fun to grab some people I knew, people that were good on the mic, maybe like to do voices, friends of mine. And we just kind of did a you know narrative retelling, like a radio play of sorts, of all of these ghost logs. Had people read what people had actually written down in this ghost log people's actual experiences what they witnessed what they smelled what they saw you know and we would reenact them for you so that's what we did and that is what ended up being in this story here as i went through the ghost log of the grand lodge
1: many ghost stories. And being a a resident of Forest Grove, everybody's heard the ghost stories. This is
0: Janet. I actually ran into her randomly while I was on a bit of a road trip. And she was from Forest Grove, this town that I was headed to, to stay at a hotel called the Grand Lodge. And she was well aware of it.
1: From bottles being turned in the bars, to uh, people being tapped on the shoulder, to other people smelling the lavender lady. The place is just haunted as heck. It's really scary, so go!
0: (laughs) Janet got to telling me a few stories, things that the locals all seem to know about, like how the Grand Lodge is haunted. The Lavender Lady, who Janet just referenced, is probably the ghost most people mention when they talk about the Grand Lodge. Supposedly, she's a ghost of a woman who used to live on the property before it was turned into this destination hotel, about 30 minutes outside of Portland. Now, she's been gone for decades, but to this day, people report smelling lavender. Suddenly, around her room on the second floor, Janet is one of them.
1: And all of a sudden, we smelt like, really strong, out of nowhere, a poof of lavender. Like, a really strong lavender it was weird i mean it was and then it was boof it was gone and so my daughter and I are like holy crap what the hell and we went running out of there and then we went to the front desk to talk with the, the people out there we're like okay so we totally like all of a sudden spelled lavender what the heck is that and they're like it's a lavender lady we have a lot of people that happens to." and they said like there was no it's not a trick it's not like they leave lavender up there or anything it was just totally legit a ghost
0: So as far as ghostly experiences go, smelling lavender is not that bad. But the lavender lady is not alone. At least, if you go by all the other accounts at the Grand Lodge, and there are many, so many, that the front desk keeps a ghost log of all the experiences that guests and employees have had over the years. Creepy occurrences, strange shadows, voices children's fingerprints that just appear on windows, or just weird things happening. A lot of other paranormal happenings are all written down over the years in the ghost log of the Grand Lodge. I feel like it's hard to truly understand what's going on at the Grand Lodge, without having this broader understanding of what the Grand Lodge is. Because it's a whole scene unto itself. I actually used to live down the street from it. I'd go to the movie theater that they have there or any of the numerous bars and restaurants throughout the entire hotel. Sometimes they show movies on the lawn or there are live bands. Actually, when I went to stay there recently, I happened in on a whole music festival held across the entire property. In short, it's pretty hip in a very Grateful Dead, artsy, indie beer brewery kind of way. On the other hand, walking through the hallways, you can also get this Stephen King's The Shining type vibe. Which makes sense, considering that it's owned and operated by McMinamins, This northwest chain of pubs, hotels, and theaters, most of which are set up in these historic buildings just like the Grand Lodge. McMinamins took the place over around the turn of the millennium and converted it into this European-style hotel. So you know, like you get a room with a sink and there are shared bathrooms all along the hall. They took the place over from the Masons, yeah, those Masons. It was a Masonic retirement home, originally built in the early 1900s. As Janet, the local, explains,
1: so it used to be um, a Masonic home for uh, retired Masonics, uh, and then I think they're wiser were able to go to that home too when they were too old to live elsewhere and then the other building next door was an orphanage at one time and it was a masonic home for elderly until when mcminimums bought it and then they made it into the bed and breakfast so um it was a lot of old people for a lot of years living in there
0: some say a lot of the people from that time haven't exactly left Folks are very nonchalant about this. It's as if the hauntings are just some other aspect of the hotel, like the menu or the soaking pool.
2: My name is Jared Castro. I'm what's known as a small bars manager here at the Grand Lodge. You know, me hearing laughter and voices and seeing shadows run across the walls, that's normal here now. So I'm not the only person who sees this. There's other, not just managers, but other employees who see this kind of
0: stuff. It didn't take long after Jared started working at the Grand Lodge for stuff to start happening to him. Now, he says he experienced most of the incidents around Bob's bar, which is in the basement. He says these things tend to happen more often around 3 or 4 a.m. Um, I started witnessing shadows running across the
2: walls on nights that we had maybe as little as three bookings in the whole hotel. And it seemed like they were human shadows running past the walls and there was nobody here. That's the thing is nobody was here other than me on the basement floor. And I asked, you know, the front desk, I'm like, is there anybody staying on the basement floor? They're like, no, we've had hardly any bookings tonight. Things start getting louder, and I start noticing that I'll place cups in one side of the room, outside of Bob's bar. The glasses will reappear on a completely different side of the room that I have not put them in. So that was for me strange, and so I'd go and I'd put them back where I put them originally, and they'd end up moving again.
0: At first, he thought someone was messing with him, because he wasn't a believer in ghosts or supernatural anything. Problem is, when he's working in these early a.m. morning hours, there's no one else on duty. And the encounters, they got worse. It started messing with his work, so he went to a friend for advice. Someone who actually is into this paranormal stuff. Jared was told to just speak to the ghost. Tell them that he had a job to do and ask them to please stop messing with him because he meant no harm. And
2: it's about 3.30 in the morning, maybe 3.45-ish, and and I'm, I'm swearing at this point that I'm hearing laughter. I'm hearing voices. Um, I'm seeing the shadows run across the walls again. And things will appear in places where I haven't put them. So I said, all right, you guys. I know you mean, no, you know, I know you guys are having a blast at my expense. But I mean, no harm. I'm just trying to do my job here. And you guys are really messing up my concentration. So if you guys are good spirits, please just stop. Just shut up. Funny enough, it
0: was complete silence since then. Complete silence. Other managers have continued to have similar problems. And the guests, they bring it up all the time, too. There are reports of keys going missing, only to turn up later in some obvious place. Of course, there's the lavender lady with the smell of lavender, but also people smell cigars. And sometimes the lights turn on and off when no one is there. And the
2: light switch itself is physically actually going up and down. Not only are the lights flickering, but the switch itself was actually moving. So these people are like, please check us out, put us in another room. And the front desk is happy to oblige. I don't know how many of my employees, when they go over to the children's cottage, which is separate to this building, they don't want to go into certain areas. And I can tell you, I don't want to go into those areas either because I've been creeped out for example, one night I'm there late night. I'm doing a check, and um, the music turned on. The music just turned on. Nobody was there, and the music turned on. Not on all floors, on specific floors. And I could go to a different floor, and the music would start again. It was so creepy that that was the deciding factor on me saying, after
0: certain hours, I will not go there. Period. These stories go on and on, and I could probably fill up an entire episode just talking to people there, but at one point, some time ago, someone started documenting all this in that ghost log. You can ask for this book at the front desk. There are many similarities across the accounts. Some people are clearly having fun with the idea of ghosts. Some are ghost hunters, and others, yeah, they, they might just be pretty good storytellers. Either way, it's pretty interesting read, but for now, I called in some friends, voice actors of sorts, to act out selected entries from the Grand Lodge's ghost log. And to start, this is the very first entry of the ghost log, which reads, Grand Lodge, opened March 1st, 2000. Herein lies the written details of guest occurrences, here in the hotel and establishment, started by Michelle Stevens. October 15th, 2000. The rest of the names presented here have been changed. But their words, their experiences, have not.
3: About 4.30 a.m., I was asleep on my back, on the side of the bed nearest the door. I was suddenly awakened when someone, something grabbed my left foot and yanked it. Earlier, I had heard footsteps coming down the hall from the elevator. They stopped outside our door. I fell asleep until I was awakened. We will be here one more night. I hope I can sleep. P.S. I don't think it was the Lavender Lady. Not sure who or what. Sally Hughes, visiting from the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State. November 26, 2015, room 232, the Lavender Lady Room
4: closet door kept opening throughout the night. Unsigned.
3: Okay, so after finishing our supper in the
5: restaurant, we'd briefly talked with our waitress about ghosts. I went upstairs to drop my leftovers off, and I was really looking forward to joining my husband downstairs for a ghost walk. And as I walked through the hall to our room, I sort of opened myself, like feeling very aware and welcoming to any spirits who might be around. And when I walked into our room, I immediately sensed an old lady. I was thinking her name was Ginny or Virginia, but then I just dismissed it. I figured I was trying too hard. So I put my food box on the night table by the bed and half seriously, I said out loud, well, Ginny or Virginia, you are welcome to my dinner if you'd like some. Then I reached over across the bed for something, looking away for less than a second. And when I looked back, my pile of napkins had been very neatly rearranged, squared up with each other, symmetrical and spaced apart next to the box. There was absolutely no way that I had done it. And I actually got this very pleasant feeling, an old lady feeling like, Why, thank you. I was excited about this, and I went downstairs to find my husband and tell our waitress. I guess I was still half-doubting if it was valid. I didn't find my husband. He went to the bar. So I returned to the room, and the box had been perfectly lined up, so the little plastic fork and spoon that I had laid aside were perfectly lined up on their upright edges. They weren't laying flat. The fork next to the salad and the spoon next to the stew on their edges inside the open box. I went rushing downstairs to bring her waitress up to see this. You can ask her, she saw it too. This very pleasant feeling came with the old lady in the room. Don't worry. Monica Martin, October 16th, 2000, room 228.
6: There was one time I was walking down the halls while staying with my grandparents. Um, when I heard this girl's voice, at first I just kept walking, thinking the girl was talking to somebody else. Then the girl's voice became more uh, frantic. I mean, scared, even. And by now I had stopped, but I couldn't quite tell what the girl was saying. I turned around to see this girl. She was around 10, 11. She had short, dark brown hair with this extremely blue eyes. I mean, so blue. I thought she was blind at first oh um hi I said to her and, and I wasn't scared at first because she just looked like a normal kid a normal girl what scared me is when she said without any expression may I add help us I just kind of looked at her for a while before saying w- with what and she just stared and finally she said he's hurt so hurt. Only the living can help us. That freaked me out. Finally, her face broke, and she looked desperate, and she was just kind of turning around and started walking away. Hey, wait! I said, I mean, I'm still thinking that this was a prank, or... I don't know. And and I said, what's your name? Evelyn. That night, when I was trying to go to bed, I mean, I couldn't. I could stop thinking about the girl, her blue eyes, and then... Haunting just kind of stare how you look right through someone. The way she just disappeared. And eventually I fell asleep. I mean, it must have been around 1.30 or so. Just to be woken up. To cold. I was so cold. I mean, like someone had dipped me in a frozen lake. And then I saw her. Actually, not her. Just those blue eyes. He was hurt, but you didn't help. No, you left. Like Daddy. Candace Underwood, May 4th, 2007. P.S. Be careful of Evelyn.
7: I don't know. You might want to worry a bit. I've been working out here off and on for over a year doing tower work in the basement, during which time I had a couple weird vibes, but nothing significant nothing until today. It was snowing pretty good when I left Portland yesterday, so I decided I decided I'd stayed the night out here for the first time to avoid the mess. Now, this morning, when I opened the door to my storage room in the hallway that leads to the soaking pool, the first thing I noticed was that broken rock that I left spread out on my scaffold was stacked into two piles, very intricately balanced. My hammer was standing on the In on top of the mastic bucket. My cord was hanging on the end of the scaffold. My towel nippers were hooked in my utility lamp, all of which were lying in disarray when I turned off the light and shut the door, which automatically locks. At this point, I immediately ran upstairs in search of witnesses. It was at that time when I returned with Hadley, one of the artists working out here, that we saw the word leave spelled out in the tiny chips of rock. It's possible that someone was pranking me, although no keys to that room were checked out. Creepy, huh? On a side note, I'm not entirely sure that someone didn't tuck me in last night. I woke up around 4 a.m. and the sheet and blanket that I had pulled down to get into bed were tightly tucked under the mattress. Maybe it was a nice lady from the previous story trying to make up for the jerk who was busy attempting to freak me out in the basement.
2: My story dates back to 1999, about midsummer, We always served lunch in the rooms at the end of the halls on the second floor. We were assisting our residents when the old radio came on all by itself. The other girl that was with me looked at me, just as scared as I was. I went over and turned it off. Then I went back and sat down again. Not even one minute later, it clicked on again. This time, I went over and unplugged it. The thing did not shut off. I was just still and could barely breathe. The other gal went and got the nurse. By the time she got there, it was off. She was not alarmed. She said, it happens all the time. Joan Jennings. You want to know what I saw?
5: I woke up at 1 a.m. and I saw a little girl standing at the foot of the bed. I could see her long blondish brown hair, a blue and white dress. She was bright as though she was emanating light and she appeared solid. I really thought she was a real person standing in the room looking at me. She had a smile on her face and I thought, what? And I started to say something to her. And then she moved towards the nightstand and became more transparent. And then she disappeared entirely. Candace King. Room 11, June 28th, 2015.
0: Just a side note here, that was the room I was staying in. I
4: fell asleep in my room, 11, next to the spa. I woke up around 12.30 a.m. and saw a glimpse of a dark-haired, sad-looking girl from the corner of my room. She was watching me, but then she was gone. Needless to say, I didn't sleep that well, uh, but the rest of my time at the Grand Lodge was wonderful, so I will definitely be back. Go not. Dustin, May 1st, 2015.
3: My husband and I came here to eat in November 2005. We were leaving when we turned around and saw what I can only describe as the rubber man. He was an older man with a hat on. His arms were stretched out like rubber. He was staring at intensely at me. He was see-through. I sort of ran, walked to the car and was crying. My husband was shaking as well. As we drove out of the parking lot, I laid my hand on my leg and there was a strange coin. Later I would learn it was a Susan B. Anthony dollar. We went straight home and I haven't come back since then until today. Courtney Putty, Salem, Oregon, March 4th, 2006.
4: About 3.30 a.m., I was sitting at the main bar watching the Sports Channel on TV when I dozed off for about 30 seconds. When I woke up, I saw on the other side of the bar, by the sinks where the bartenders work, I, I saw a beautiful young woman acting like she was working like the bartenders do, cleaning things near the sink and wiping down the counter with a towel again like the, like the bartenders would. She was very attractive, about five foot four tall, slim, brunette, wearing this black-and-red outfit, and once she noticed that I saw her, she was very close to me, almost as if she was watching me while I dozed off, and apparently, uh... Oh, and appeared to be temporarily asleep, so uh, she probably thought it was safe to kind of check me out a little bit. And then she jumped back a little bit, like she was surprised that I saw her, and then... She disappeared. I got a very good look at her, though, before she disappeared. Security officer George Brown.
5: Okay, so I'm sitting and eating dinner, and I've decided to take a walk down the hall with my husband. So we go into one of the vacant rooms, and the curtain began to move. We thought it was just a vent, but once we got closer, we realized nothing could be causing the movements. So we ran towards the door, and suddenly something grabbed me by my ankle and dragged me back in. My husband ran toward me and grabbed my hand, and we ran out of the building. I lifted up my pant leg, and there was a bruise of a hand around my ankle.
3: Beat
0: that. On the same page this entry was made, somebody has made an additional entry just a few months later.
3: Hey, you're a liar. Stephanie, March 22, 2009.
0: And that will do it for a rather extended feature for Northwest Nerd, our annual Halloween feature, music by Kevin MacLeod, and a very special thank you to quite a lot of people, actually, who pitched in for this. And I'm going to thank them right now in no particular order, Rachel Bell, G. Scott, Colleen O'Brien, Marianne Wee, Nina Kenner, Aaron Mason, Stacey Rost, Candy Harper and Carolyn Osorio, all who gave me so many stories, I was not actually able to fit them all into this, believe it or not, so I might find another way to get them all out there some other time. If you ever visit the Grand Lodge down there in Forest Grove, go ahead and ask for the ghost log. They keep it right behind the front counter and they will let you read it and maybe, just maybe, you'll have a reason to write something down yourself. Now, I don't want to make it seem like the Grand Lodge out there in Forest Grove is all spooky and creepy and all that. It can be if that's what you're going for. But I got to say, this is actually one of my little favorite spots to stop at in the Northwest. It is a super fun place to be. The same day that I was staying there, they had like this country bluegrass festival going on. And you were just seeing bands in every little corner of this uh, property that they have out there it's a it's a big area big hotel it's an old masonic lodge there they also have frisbee golf and outdoor movies they have an indoor movie theater as well where you can you know have a beer and, and watch a kind of a classic film it's a super fun place to be and so i don't want to uh, creep anybody away from it also i should say look for the secret doors yeah that's all i'll say i found them but you should look for it thank you to everybody over there at the Grand Lodge. Uh, that is a McMinniman, so thank you to McMinnimans for putting me in a haunted room over the night. And thank you to everybody who lent their voice for that little radio play we got to do at the end. That was super fun. And that will do it for this rerun of Northwest Nerd. Tune in next week. And until then, this has been Dire Oxlade with Northwest Nerd.